0: This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today I'm going to be discussing how to get out of your comfort zone and try new things and also just the benefits of doing that. I think a lot of people like to try new things from time to time, but getting out of your comfort zone and doing something that you may have wanted to do for a long time, but you're putting up all these mental blocks as to why you can't do it can be getting in the way, and that's getting in the way of your growth as an individual, and it is so expansive and amazing to be able to experience what you're capable of without those blocks in place. Sometimes those blocks serve as a way to create healthy boundaries in some respects, but there are ways in which those things can hold us back, and it's possible to work through that. Life is a constant change in evolution. We're constantly growing and changing in a lot of different ways. Whether we see it or not, we can be changing in ways that are negative for our life or they could be positive or we could just be kind of staying in the same place. And for different periods of our life, sometimes that's a little bit more appropriate than others. I know for me, there are a lot of things that I've done to get out of my comfort zone from a young age up into where I am now. One of the first things that really comes to mind for me is improvisation, and I started doing kind of improvisational dance. I mean, I was always dancing around in my house, but, you know, growing up, and that's something that probably a lot of kids do because it's fun, but aside from my formal training in dance, it was something that I definitely really enjoyed making up dances and It just came very naturally to me. I was able to interpret the music and really create something out of it pretty well. But when I'm working with the dancers and the performers that I work with now, when I'm teaching them improvisation, a lot of that stems from things that I learned when I was in college um, doing my dance degree and It was just kind of dipping your toe in that water and seeing what else is out there. A lot of people think about improvisational dance as like really weird, whatever. But a lot of the time that you can see professional contemporary companies or what have you dancing on stage, there are definitely moments where certain aspects of it are choreographed and other aspects are not. Even when I go out social dancing to do ballroom or salsa or bachata, merengue um all these types of things a lot of that is improvised and you're doing that with a partner like they are spinning you around they may have patterns memorized as far as what they're doing but you are responding to what they're doing they are responding to you in the space that you're in so that takes a lot of practice to get it to the point where it's just natural and it comes naturally to you and it's a lot of getting out of your comfort zone It's nice to see the process that people go through when they are open minded to it. Some of the exercises that I work on with my students is I'll have them mirror each other. So I'll have one student face the other one and they may mirror the movement that the other one is doing. So one of them will be initiating, one of them will be following. Another exercise I'll have them do is to oppose the other dancer, to work in the opposite amount of space that the other dancer is taking up. So if the other dancer is being really expansive. Maybe they dance and go a little bit slow, or they go on the floor, or they work with a different type of musicality in the music. If one of them is going more acoustic, the other one may be going a little bit more percussive. So this exercise, you know, just touching on these two, mirroring somebody can be, you know, as much of a challenge or easy to do. We look outside of ourselves a lot of the time, and we can see Oh, I like this aspect about this person. I wanna like copy that or whatever. But we can also it's also important to be able to look at people outside of ourselves and be like, Well, no, I wanna do things differently, because that's also an experience to have and a good skill to have because you don't just wanna be copying and absorbing everything that's around you a hundred percent of the time because that might not be authentic to you and it might not be what's right for you. Another exercise that I'll have them do is where they're applying resistance to each other and they have to push through it. So one of them might put their hand on their, the other's shoulder and the other dancer will have to push into their hand, almost as if they're pushing through resistance that you face in life. There's a lot of times where life is going to hit you in places that you may not even think of and you're going to have to get through it and find your way through it in the most elegant and graceful way possible. Sometimes it looks like a little bit of a mess and those are learning experiences. It's not to be seen as like a failure, like you keep on going after that. But that's an important process too. It's like when something pushes you, you don't necessarily, it's a choice whether you let that inform your movement or how you live your life or how you're going to dance Or if you're going to resist it and push into it and you can find a different form of movement other than what they are pushing to inform you to find. One of the other ones that is really awesome that I have them do is I have them share weight-bearing exercises. So they will give their weight completely to the other dancer or at least like 70 to 80% of it. They may be completely lifted off in the air. They might be leaning on the other dancer, using them for balance this really relates to being able to connect with another person and really open up to them vulnerability-wise and share and go deep with somebody. You're not just doing like surface level things. You're like really opening up. You're really giving them a lot of your weight and you're having to really feel like what it feels like to support another person if you're on the receiving end of that. And it can be a challenge, but it can be also really interesting and it can be really expansive for you you know, it feels really good to be lifted and to be able to lift somebody else up when they need it, not just through physical movement, but mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, in all these different realms. You know, what I'm really giving them through dance education relates to so many other aspects of life. When they go into processes where they're all doing this all at once, they're they're doing, you know, and there are so many other exercises that I give them but i will spare you from going into all of them um you know when they're all doing this all in a big group where they're just like grabbing a person and lifting them up and then they move on to the next one and they're all interacting with each other it's just it's literally like watching the universe you know almost like those windows 90s screensavers where the shapes just kind of like go in and out (laughs) i don't really know how else to explain it But it's like this moving, live organism of some sort. It is life. It is beautiful to watch. And it was beautiful to experience it while I was in college. And, you know, I still jump in there with them from time to time. But I think I like to make sure that they're applying everything. But it does apply to life. You know, when you have and you're equipped with those skills to be able to mirror somebody if you want to. Go oppose them. Apply resistance in certain areas and allow them to push through it or like stop somebody when they're doing something. It is almost like a communication. You're also able to bear their weight. All of these things are physically really take people out of their comfort zone completely because people like to stay in their own little bubble and be like, okay, like whatever. When you're able to really give yourself to the process and trust it, magic happens. And life is an improvisation of a lot of sorts, too. There's obviously structure to it. There's obviously technique to it. There are things that we can learn from structures that have been put in place, you know, history and current events and all these types of things in order to make like the best decisions possible intellectually for ourselves. But what are we doing physically, emotionally, spiritually? those aspects of our health. Some of that you cannot intellectualize. You have to be able to get out of your head and go for stuff. One of the other changes that was really important for me to make was my dietary change. Transitioning to a plant-based diet about 10 years ago, that was so out of my comfort zone and I had so many stigmas around being vegan. I was like, oh my god, please never become one of those like crystal wearing hippie vegan people, Victoria, like in my own head. And well, here we are today. So, you know, it's just kind of funny to see how things can change and it offered such a benefit to my life. Do I meet those stereotypical standards? I really don't think so. It's important that I think I opened myself up to it because my health transformed. Huge, huge, like major, major changes happened to my health. And I don't even want to know what type of medications I would be on right now, what type of state of health I would be in had I not transitioned my diet. So it was really appropriate. It was like, okay, I'm going to be you know, going to farmer's markets. I'm going to be trying to make connections and buy all this different food and learn about this, that, and the other. Life is always constantly changing, so you have to either be prepared for those changes. There's only so much you can do to be prepared for those changes. When you put yourself in situations where you're forcing yourself out of your comfort zone, to whatever extent you need to, it doesn't need to be like violently like so traumatic, like forcing yourself out of it, but when you put yourself in like uncomfortable situations, but with intention behind it, then when life hands you uncomfortable circumstances, you're like, okay, I got this. I can handle this. I can figure this out. I know I'm capable of it. It like builds your confidence in that respect. My journey with being plant based has been really, really positive. There are aspects of it that were challenging to get through at certain points but I've been able to find my way through it and I'm in such a good place right now and I'm so grateful that I made that switch. There were a lot of things that I had to overcome my family's, a, you know, support level towards it, my ability to connect with people socially within this realm, the different challenges that I faced in regards to like kind of judging myself to what extent I wanted to be plant-based or eat plant-based, if I wanted to eat 100% raw foods, mainly raw foods, or if it was something that I wanted to stick with long term. For the time being, it is working really great for me. I have no reason to go back to eating animal products, and I'm pretty educated and informed in how to best make a vegan diet work for my body. So I'm very grateful for that as well. I grew up trying so many different kinds of foods and really enjoying it. So I think when it came to eating a plant-based diet, it was a really enjoyable experience to be able to try a lot of different vegetables, try different spices and flavors and herbs and Different options that were within the plant based realm. And that was something that I really enjoyed. And I feel very grateful to, you know, be in Southern California where there's so much biodiversity and there's so much availability with, you know, over 50 farmers markets every week and being able to have a resource like specialty produce that has literally the most unique, incredible ingredients ever. So I'm definitely very blessed in that respect. I could not have gotten luckier. <laughs> at all I would have never known about what a real like concord grape tastes like or what a mojave raisin tastes like or what passion fruit tastes like or what a hammy melon tastes like what brazil nuts are like I I don't feel like I would have tried any of these things like there's so many different vegetables and things that I've been exposed to That I would have never been able to try had I just not gotten out of my comfort zone. So there's definitely a lot of positives that can come from that type of change. Something that I've actually done recently, which I've talked about on a couple other episodes, is that I joined a women's rowing team on a whim. My mom knew a woman, Casey, through yoga. My mom teaches yoga. So one of her students approached her and was like, would you be interested in doing this? And then my mom asked me if I would want to do it too. And I immediately said yes, because I was like, this is so different than anything that I've ever done. You know, I grew up dancing so much, usually within the range of like 25 to 40 hours a week, especially when I was in high school. It was definitely up there as far as the hours. This is over the course of my whole life. I didn't really have a lot of time to do any alternate type of sports or training. I really wanted to do track and field when I was in high school, because I was a really good runner and super strong legs and a lot of endurance. um, And I really wanted to do swim team because we had a beautiful, beautiful pool facility. And I always enjoyed swimming. And again, like I really wanted to do that type of like aerobic endurance type activity. And just to be out in the sun with a bunch of like awesome people. You know, both were like big team sports with individual events. And that was just really appealing to me. But I could never do it because I had so much dance and obviously that is like my first passion, but it's nice to try other things. Like I actually wanted to do other things, but I couldn't. So I saw this as an opportunity where I would have an option to row on what is, you know, a really beautiful lake in San Diego, which is Mission Bay. And, um, you know, there's oftentimes a lot of water sports going on there. And I never really had a reason too much to be out on The bay and um, enjoying that part of San Diego, but it was just like such an enjoyable experience. And my first practice was really challenging just because of the speed and getting the form down and having a previous shoulder injury. It was really challenging for me, and I almost didn't come back the second week. But then there was that part of me that's like just such a competitive fighter that I was like, screw this. Like, this is not going to hold me down. I'm going to do it anyway. And if I get injured, whatever. Like, I'm not going to be stupid. I'll just like take it easy. <laughs> but, but I'm glad that I did because we did have like a different coach that time that was able to just like break things down a little bit more in line with what was helpful to me learn the best, you know, and I think that's important too, because when you're getting out of your comfort zone, sometimes you're going to vibe with certain mentors or teachers that are guiding you along their path. And then you might learn things from other people that you'll be able to apply and it'll make it a better experience and then it won't be as difficult to learn from others, I guess, from certain people that might have been more difficult to learn from initially. Something that I'm really glad that I did because the following weeks I was like leading the boat and like, you know, doing all the pacing and stuff and especially having a background in dance, like I'm able to hold an eight count, obviously, and um counting and like precision is everything is like really important to me and i also grew up playing like drums and percussion and stuff so rhythm is something that comes really really naturally to me and so i got to experience that and that was so awesome and then we had um like our a four heat race a couple weeks ago which in the first two we won first place and the second two, we got second place out of all the teams. And then at the end of the day, like for the final race, we got second place out of all of the teams. Getting out of my comfort zone in that aspect, you know, as we were crossing the finish line as a team on the water and just like really pushing hard and digging deep, pulling you know, I got a little bit choked up thinking like, whoa, like I would have never been able to experience this had I not pushed myself a little bit harder. And it was, I was just like overwhelmed with gratitude and like so stoked. (laughs) And it was just the best feeling. It wasn't even necessarily the act. It was just the, the process of going through trying something new, committing to it, achieving success with it in a really, really purposeful and intentional way. And, um, I do enjoy competition, so it was nice to to medal and to get awards and things like that. Like that was definitely awesome, especially being that it was my first time doing it. So it felt great to be on a team of women where we were just all making it happen, able to achieve a lot of that success. And I have another competition coming up this weekend, so it's been a really nice thing that's added a whole different level of diversity and community to my life. And I think the more that you do that, the more you learn about yourself, the more you expand as an individual, and the more you learn about other people. I loved meeting all the different people that I met from other teams. And one of the things that really has evolved for me so much in regards to competition is when I was younger, I would always want to cheer other people on and stuff. And and that usually would be the case. However, not everybody's on that same page. Some people are very vindictive and their their understanding of <laughs> competition's a little bit different. I always focused on myself a lot, but it was nice to be in a competitive realm because a lot of those things came up for me again in respect to just keeping focused on the task at hand, not getting distracted and like giving it every single thing that you have. So you know there's there's so many ways that maybe if there was one passion that you had at one point you can be able to translate that into something else and still use all of the tools that you learned from that particular craft or passion that you had in a different way And those things can serve to help the tools that allow you to try all these different things and continue to expand your knowledge of yourself, of other things, of your capabilities, of other people. And that's really amazing. You know, just to even think about things differently with all of the things that I've learned, especially about mental health and taking care of your well-being in that aspect, really, you know, I've Been meditating since I was really, really young and having different practices in place in order to do it in such a way that's a little bit more efficient and more purposeful. Even just understanding breathing techniques and how that's affected my ability to exercise and weight train more efficiently has been really important. Even just like getting involved with rowing, I mean, it transformed my body. Like, I I lost like 10 pounds and toned up like so much like I didn't really need to to lose more weight but it's such incredible exercise as well so that completely you know I feel so much stronger and it's actually helped me be more agile and stronger when I teach and have better endurance for when I am you know in a nine-hour rehearsal or something going like all day long, having to be active during that entire time, it's really important that I have that endurance to get through it. So it's been a huge benefit to me and just like my strength improving so much. But having an open mind about thinking about things differently, it's like you don't know how one thing is going to affect you versus another until you really try it. And, you know, I might have thought, a lot of us can be so limiting towards ourselves and be like, oh, like I can't do this because this, that, and the other. We'll just try it, you know, just try what you can do and actually see. Like don't let your mind stop you from trying all these different things that might be able to help you in so many different aspects. One other thing that I've been doing this past year was, um, or is that I have been reading through the Bible. I'm reading through the the. Old Testament right now we're almost done with it, and I'm reading it with a local church in San Diego, and um, a lot of the lesson plans and everything are very much like all the sermons that we're talking about or 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 are being discussed on a weekly basis relate to the readings, so that makes it a little bit easier to digest. You know, I went to church and stuff when I was younger, and then I didn't really have a strong spiritual practice. I would say up until maybe like a couple of years ago, Um, basically one of my friends, she was like, oh, will you come to church with me and stuff? And I was like, okay. And, you know, it really resonated with me. And I felt like my experience of it now was very different than it was years ago. And am I the most religious person? I wouldn't say so, but I do think that there's a lot of lessons that can be learned from the Bible, and there's a lot of ways that you can be critical of, you know, constructively learn things from any type of text. I mean, the truth of the matter is there are many texts out there that are based off of stories and knowledge that exist from this, you know, very, very well-known text, and it's been interesting to just learn a lot of different things about the different characters and the stories and see how it relates to my life. I think if this is something that I want to continue to know anything about, you know, it's pretty cool to read through such a significant text with a group of people. It's like my book club for the year, Um, but it's definitely taking getting out of my comfort zone because, you know, Sundays I don't, sometimes I want to be more active, sometimes I want to chill, and being in a a part of a group of people where you're discussing all these issues you get to learn like how other people are relating to the text how other people are interpreting it and you can see different facets of it that maybe otherwise you wouldn't so that's been just an interesting thing as well but i have you know also like having studied anthropology i had to study a lot of different religious texts a little bit more briefly than some But whether it's the Quran or Buddhism, Buddhist texts, um, things like the Bhagavad Gita, I could go on listing like so many. But there are so many different ideas about spiritual practices and religion that exist in different areas of the world. And I think it's okay to just expose yourself to what else is out there and then see how it can work as a positive influence in your life. One of the things I've found about getting out of my comfort zone is it really reduces personally for me, like my amount of judgment and stigma towards other things. It's really easy to judge things from an outside perspective when you don't really know what it is, but when you expose yourself to it, it's a very different experience. And sometimes I find, I don't always watch these types of videos, but I think it's interesting to see sometimes people on social media or like YouTube that are like, I trained like this kind of person for a week or I ate like this for a week and this was my results and see what their experience with it is. Um, there are plenty of people that engage in that type of material and I just I don't always watch them, but I think it's interesting that people do that. And how much, you know, for those that I have watched, what they learn in the process, they might have had initial judgments towards it. And they're like, well, this is like way harder than I thought it was going to be. Or I actually learned this thing and want to keep it as a part of my life. You know, the thing is, is, it's like you only have one life to live. So, you know, as much as it can be really amazing to have consistency in your life and a structure and a schedule, It can be really awesome to kind of let that go sometimes. You know, there are some times I've even had a conversation with a student or a group of students once where they're like, you know, it's really, I'm such a perfectionist and it's so hard for me to not want to make everything look perfect. I'm like, there's a place for that and that's not necessarily a bad aspect to have, But just know that it's also, it feels really good to be able to, as much as it feels good to have things in order and have them technically correct and, you know, to a certain set of standards that is set in place, it's also totally okay to let that go sometimes because that can feel really nice too. Sure, you can have your every single day of your life like planned down to the every single minute, but Throughout my life, I always had so much structure. It was very much like go to school, come home, brief snack, go to dance, come home, homework, and then just do it all over again. And since dance is so year-round, it's like I never really had a break, never really wanted a break because I loved what I did and I always wanted to be training. So, you know, when I was in college, it would be like classes in the morning, sometimes in the afternoon, work a little bit in the afternoon or study then go to yoga, and then go to dance at night. It was just like very, very regimented. And it was like every single day. It was almost, I was never like diagnosed with OCD, but it was almost like very methodical. Like, okay, I have to get this done every single day. And I remember breaking that pattern with one of my friends. She was like, why don't you just not go to yoga tonight and come out and just like get dinner with us and like hang out? like, that was so foreign to me. I was like, what? You mean, like, not be disciplined and, like, work towards my (laughs) practices and stuff? Like, this is so weird. And I just remember it felt so odd for me to, like, just not be at yoga that evening. And um, But I think it was so important because that aspect of my social life with my peers most of the time was like I would be around my peers and stuff for school but I would always be around people that were quite a bit older than me when it would come to my training and my other pursuits so you know I think that it was like important for me to do social things with my peers at that time because that's what was helping me expand and I've never, I don't know, I've not been someone who necessarily deals with social anxiety per se. I'm pretty comfortable in a lot of different situations because I think social anxiety really comes from a place of like being scared of other people's judgments towards you. And having been on stage as much as I was growing up, you know, I competed usually about like 13 times a year and was constantly training and having to perform and whether it was at high school football games or basketball games or performances um, for school concerts or whatever, like, and then you know doing competitions and joining a company when I was seventeen, like all of these different things, it just like got me out of my comfort zone so much, and I was so used to being judged and critiqued that I was like, okay, like I've just been through this so much that I really don't care. Like I realized that a lot of the people that I was going to be around probably would have maybe more or less be thinking the same things I was as far as like, okay, like maybe I don't know people here or whatever. Like everybody else has that same degree of like discomfort or nervousness is just like, I didn't feel like I wanted to drink alcohol or do drugs or like engage in other types of activities to kind of like chill myself out because it was just like, whatever, this is what it is. And um, my parents had had a lot of like parties at our house growing up too, where that, I don't know, I was just like kind of used to those settings. So it didn't really seem like that big of a deal to me. And still to this day, like going out in social settings, it's not something that I find terribly awkward at any point. I feel very comfortable going up to pretty much anybody and starting a conversation, um, which might be kind of like really out there for some people. But it's like a skill that takes work like anything else. You just kind of got to know that you are not alone in experiencing whatever you're experiencing and that other people are out and about to meet other people too. So, I don't know, it's rare that I've had like a bad experience with that. So... Yeah, don't be afraid to go into different social situations that push you out of your comfort zone because you can meet somebody really cool, and you could maybe even connect with somebody from your past that you haven't seen in a long time. That's happened to me so many times going out in public, like even in different cities, being in Los Angeles or New York or San Francisco. Like, just I remember one of the craziest things is I was in New York probably this was like four, four or five years ago. And I ran into, I was on the subway and I had gone too far up and I was like almost in the Bronx and I was not wanting to go to the Bronx. I wanted to be going probably more like East Village, Chelsea, more further down in that area. And who gets on the subway it was my dance teacher that I had in Southern California, Aaron Pomeroy. And, you know, he's been dancing I'm not sure if he still is, but at the time he had been dancing with the Rockettes and the male group with them um, for their performances for a long time, living in New York with his partner. And it was just wild. Like, it was so, so wild that I had ended up get you know, being on the subway going in a direction that I didn't even necessarily want to go, but I was like figuring out how to get back to where I was. And then I end up running into someone who had had a profound impact on my life growing up and was one of like my mentors and instructors. You know, the series of events that led that to happen is just so intricate that, you know, it's things like that that really make me trust the whole course of the universe and everything that's happening as it's happening. The way that it's happening with a lot of ease, I guess, more so than not, and really reduces my kind of anxiety about it, we have the ability to have influence over our thoughts and our actions and how we're going to feel about things and the types of decisions we're going to make. But we can always make the best out of things even when they seemingly go wrong, something really, really interesting could happen. And I've had a lot of beautiful experiences of that happening in my life and I'm not alone in that. I feel like a lot of people can really have great experiences amidst any struggles they might be facing even during times of adversity one of the other things about getting out of your comfort zone is that it really prepares you for the unexpected in life and i touched on this a little bit earlier but life is going to throw you stuff out of nowhere and the more prepared you are to be able to like you can't always prepare for these things but putting yourself in situations that Allow you to try new things intentionally will allow you to deal with the things that unintentionally happen. I feel like with a lot more ease, and you won't get as stressed out about it because you'll just see it as like, okay, this is just one other thing. Like, I can learn this, I can do this, apply those other skills, maybe from other areas in your life, to the next thing. You know, it kind of reminds me of trying different styles of dance. Obviously most dancers they start with ballet, especially at a young age. It's like pretty basic. You start with ballet, you move on to tap, jazz add in some lyrical modern contemporary, add in hip hop. But for everybody, it's a little bit different. Really having that strong foundation in ballet, yes, it's challenging. You have to have a lot of discipline and focus, but you have to have a lot of discipline and focus in any style of dance. And really anything that you do, it's important to be able to apply that as a skill. Being able to know, okay, I've done really well in this style of dance. Let's try all these other ones. It's like just getting a bunch of samples of different flavors and really being able to enjoy it, execute it well, and know that, no, I don't have to stay limited to this one thing because there are certain dancers that train in one style their entire life and they never try anything else. Some dancers, whether it's like hip hop or they just do tap or they just do jazz or they only do ballet, I feel like employable, like in order to be the most employable and most versatile dancer you possibly can. It's always important to have a variety of skills, especially the shows like So You Think You Can Dance and Dancing with the Stars and Dance Moms. These shows really show that it is really important to be versatile and to push yourself out of your comfort zone and try new things. You have celebrities that have <laughs> never danced in these styles before, learning ballroom, and you know working with a professional. You have sometimes a hip hop dancer that comes into So You Think You Can Dance that is forced to do musical theater and jazz and stuff that they may have absolutely no training in, but it's being able to push yourself to reach whatever level you can and execute as best you can in those moments. And so when you've had to do that over and over again, I feel like your stress response in your body when you deal with different challenges in life is so different. That's at least been my experience. And you have the confidence to know, okay, I don't know what this situation is, but I know that I can figure it out because I've done all these other things. And that just, it allows you to see more of what you're capable of and discover, again, like your infinite potential. Where we set those mental blocks, we set those. You know, there are so many things that human beings are capable of. Why are you going to set your limits at a certain point? Sometimes it's important to do that. Sometimes it's important to be aware of them and open them up a little bit so that you can grow, break those boundaries for yourself, because then you might be able to inspire other people to do the same in a different way. It's all a team effort, like as a part of the collective human consciousness, we see other aspects of like human nature expressed in other people. There are other Diverse aspects of health, of passion, of discipline, of progress, of just people being their authentic self. Rihanna's fashion show that she did for Savage X Fenty. Seeing that fashion show was absolutely amazing. You compare that to something which is, you know, another very popularized lingerie show, the Victoria's Secret fashion show, and this is a very specific type of model, a very specific type of focus, and most of the women that watch this show, they don't feel too great about themselves afterwards. Versus something like Rihanna's show, she had dancers wearing her lingerie, she had live performances, she had an interactive stage, she had a very unique runway that could also be used as a dance floor, she had water, she had LED screens, she had incredible lighting, she had all types of different shapes, sizes ethnicities, people with disabilities represented, trans people represented, gay people represented. There's all types of representation happening there. And for certain companies, we've seen with Victoria's Secret, with, you know, Ed being their head CEO and being very vocal that you know, including trans people in the show would be very against the fantasy which Victoria's Secret represents. We've also seen things happen like this in the modeling industry where there are certain areas like Milan where a certain type of model was cast or even back in the days of Naomi and Tyra where they were placed against each other and there's like, oh, there's only room for one black model on the our runway for this show. Just that stigma, that lack of diversity, which is changing so, so much. And that's pushing different industries out of their out of the um, their comfort zones to accommodate to other people who are coming out of their comfort zone and being comfortable in their own skin. If they are gay, if they are trans, if they want to express themselves in a certain way, a lot of the dancers that were in uh, Rihanna's show, some of whom that I know personally, they are so like expressive and just. Outgoing and authentically themselves, and whether it is, you know, there are certain ways that women may be perceived to hold themselves a certain way. And, you know, a lot of these dancers are like, no, they're going for it. It might come across to some people as raunchy or, you know, whatever, but that's the expression that they're giving and how other people want to judge it. It's like, whatever, you know that's not of their concerns. Like they're living their life and they're representing themselves. They're representing the brand of what like Rihanna represents. And she's absolutely pushed herself out of her comfort zone by creating different makeup lines, shoes, bags, fashion, now lingerie like this is a far departure from where she began as just a musician in the industry and she's been able to evolve that and push herself into all these different realms and really make catastrophic change you know that is a huge momentous event that took place um for that show to be what it was and it was when you are an individual that attracts a certain type of energy to yourself and you're just you there's somebody else that's going to be really authentic and see that in you and want to work with that and be like, you completely embody what I'm passionate about. And my motivation is to really create a lot of change within this realm and to make that change happen. So, by you getting out of your comfort zone and doing things that you might not normally be comfortable with, it can also really inspire somebody else and their passion and can even lead towards a collaboration, which can be really amazing, and mind-expanding for other people, even to the point where it comes to businesses and industries and breaking down a lot of ceilings and really prevent love and expression from being all that it can be. Sometimes those comfort zones, I mean, all of them start with inside of your own mind. It's like you have to get over your own stigmas, your own fears, your own Limitations that you're putting on yourself, and then really fully experience what it's like to just engage with the world in that way without those things, and let it just be an expansive process for you. You know, you staying small really doesn't help anybody because if you're staying small for another person, you're letting something else that doesn't deserve to have control over you control you, and you are not experiencing what you're capable of as well so whatever those ideas are that you have whatever those things are that you want to try but you're just like oh like i don't know let them come to life because that's really living thank you for tuning into vibrant raw living remember that you are just as worthy deserving and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential.